the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Bring your hand and put it to my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Over the course of human history, the science of medicine has changed tremendously. Some of the things that people had uh, to deal with in the past were remedied. And one of those common struggles was people who would lose their life because they had lost too much blood. But that began to change in the 1600s. A man named William Harvey had discovered blood circulation. And in that, he attempted the first blood transfusion. But it wasn't until the 1800s that an OB doctor was compelled to use another human's blood to save the life of a woman who had just given birth. And life, whether due to natural causes or unnatural causes, there are many times that we need new life. We need a transfusion to save us. And on this Divine Mercy Sunday, we celebrate that the Divine Physician has done just that. That he's forever changed this. He's brought us a new remedy. A remedy so as to not lose life. Jesus Christ, who completed his victory for us on the cross, who rose from the dead last Sunday, who continues in our scriptures to appear to his disciples 
is the one who continues to come to us today. As John says in our second reading, through water and blood. Jesus poured out his life for us as this divine mercy image depicts so eloquently. And he did it so that he could allow our humanity to be transfused with his divinity. That we may no longer lose life, but that we may rather find new life in his outpouring. That we could find it according to our own need, our own blood type, you might say. Just like the disciples did in our first reading today. But in that first reading, I think it's important to understand that what the disciples were living, the life they were living, was not just something meant for then, but rather it's meant to engage us in the reality of our relationship with Christ. Some of those words, if we look at them at first glance, might get us a little worked up politically. But the disciples weren't living out some kind of communist or socialist manifesto. Rather, if we look into those words, we see that everything in common meant that they were of one mind and one soul. Living in accord, cord, core, choris, the heart, living with one heart, with one beat, they shared their life together so as to be united, not just with each other, but to Christ. And because of that, they found great favor with God. Not that they were somehow special amongst the others, but this word favor means they were within God's grace. They received God's very life. And this great favor was that life of the divine physician who continues to pour himself out to us today so we can live this relationship of love, which is poured forth from his side through water and blood. This is how God continues to transfuse his life with ours. But there's a weird plot twist here. Because we've heard it said that you have, you have to, in, it's in giving that we receive. And I'm not trying to make an advertisement for the Red Cross here that the more blood you give, the more you receive, or that you receive money for platelets. No, I'm calling our attention to something much more profound. So what is it that I'm asking you to give? Well, I would say that which is causing us to lose our very life. In all of the Eucharistic miracles that have taken place throughout history, where someone has doubted the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, every time the scientists investigate that very heart tissue, they find it to be of the AB blood type. AB blood type. Jesus has AB blood type, which means that he is the universal receiver. Jesus takes on the toxins of our blood. How? By taking us to himself through his very wounds. Because in his divinity, he didn't desire to just scrap these wounds. But that's how he continues to come to us today. Because in those very wounds, our blood our issues, our toxins, our entire life can be transfused with his. He can receive us no matter who we are, no matter what our wounds, no matter our blood type. Each and every person can be received by the author of divine mercy, the divine physician. And so my brothers and sisters, in order for us to receive a transfusion of God's love, what, what even does that mean? 
For us to receive God's very life, for us to receive the remedy offered by the divine physician, then we have to understand our own hemorrhaging, our own wounds. If we're willing to place our very wounds in the hands of Christ, in the side of Christ, like Thomas did today, then, then we can verify that Jesus Christ is one who continues to treat us, to call us to new life today. He instituted the sacrament of confession in our gospel today so that we can let go of any wound, any doubt, any sin, anything that is causing us to lose life, lose energy as his disciples so that we can receive the blood of Christ poured out for us today at this altar. So as we celebrate this Divine Mercy Sunday, I recall that prayer that St. Faustina, a missionary of Divine Mercy, received. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Let us drink from this fountain of mercy. Let us realize that what is depicted here is not just an artistic rendering, but it is a reality. That Jesus Christ pours out his very life to you and to me. It is here where we make a journey to the divine physician, the sacrament of confession, and at this altar, where he doesn't just give us a remedy off the shelf, but he gives us his very self. Where the water which flowed forth from his side on the cross, which we received in the waters of baptism, continues to wash over us in the sacrament of confession so that we can find new life, that we can be purified, and we can receive the blood which flowed forth from his side and the outpouring of the Eucharist on the altar. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge the divine physician desiring to us, for us to come to him. This is your referral to come to the Lord. Even if you doubt like Thomas in acknowledging your wounds and approaching the wounds of Christ, you will find there the new life that allows you to live in his mercy, to live in his love, to begin sharing it because you've received new life. You've received another life life as his disciple.